You are listening to the Beyond the High Road podcast with Shelby Milford, episode number 59. Stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond the High Road. Hey, you guys, real quick, it's that time of year again. And so I am um, this time going to have you guys sign up with your preferred day in time for the holiday support group. Okay. So if you think at all that you might even tiny bit be interested, please go sign up for that so that I know who's interested, who's not gauge what I need to do to prepare for it. The link will be below. It's beyondthehighroad.com backslash holiday support group sign up. I think check the notes below and click on that link. Okay. All right. Okay. Hey, you guys. How are you guys doing? It's a rainy day here in Vero Beach in South Florida, South-ish Florida. I think it was only supposed to rain for like a little bit and it hasn't stopped. I am crazy right now. Let me just... Because I have had more going on in the last month. Well, really in the last 10 years. But in the last month with Carnita, with my piggy passing, of course. But then also my, I don't know if I, yes, I'm sure I talk with you guys about this a little bit. But my lease is up on my car, was up a <laughs> long time ago. And I keep wanting, needing to turn this car in because now they're charging me daily. But I, there's been an ongoing saga. A lady backed into me, um, you know, just days before the lease was actually up. And so I've been dealing with insurance and with, you know, the whole nine. It's been like, boom, 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 things. And then finally today I got the go ahead that insurance was done with this leased car. And then at the same time, just 10 minutes ago, got the go ahead that I could go pick up the new car, different maker, different everything. So I'm not keeping the lease like I think I might have shared with you guys before I was going to, because going to buy it out. But anyway, you don't need to know all the stuff, but it's been hectic as hell. And so just now I got word that I can go pick up the other car. However, of course, the, the payment terms that I thought were going to be are less desirable than they initially were by about a hundred dollars a month. So it's all right. I will deal right now. I'm just grateful that I can have this done, close that chapter and move along and get back to a little bit more of a stable, boring life. That's what I like. Do you like my hair today? You guys, I don't know if you guys are watching. I've got like these bangs. Oh, what was I thinking? Anyway. Yeah. I am all over the place today. So I am going to switch this. So I'm not looking at myself. There we go. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about anger. And kind of, I was thinking about it this weekend. I'll tell you guys just a little bit of a story, give you some background in, in my more recent recurrences of anger. Then I'll give you my thoughts on how to manage it, how to manage your mind around it so that you can still move about your day, move about your lives. Okay. So before I got to any of this work, doing any of this work, I'm sure that I've shared with you in the past that I didn't know that I could question the thoughts that were in my head. I didn't know that my emotion didn't run me. Like I thought that 
if somebody did something appalling or angering, in my opinion, that I had no other choice but to show up in anger. I thought that, well, it's because they did that. Of course I'm angry and of course I'm going to lash out. As if that is just everybody's truth or that I was just born this way. Because I'm fiery, because I am wear my heart on my sleeve, I thought that this was something that was just innately in me and that I couldn't control. So of course, if somebody angers me, I'm going to lash out back at them. This is just cause and effect. And what I've learned is that's not the case. I can actually be the director of my own thoughts, emotions, and actions. This was something for so long that I never even considered it. Like I never even considered that it was possible to be able to manage my mind around my emotions and that when angry, I didn't have to lash out. I didn't have to act in anger and have the knee-jerk reactions. I truly thought that that was just a matter of fact. It was just that's they did this. I got angry and I did that right? I, they shouldn't make me angry. <laughs> that was the way I saw it. Tell them not to do that. And then I won't act like this, right? This is not my fault. <laughs> and looking back on it now, I, I do, I have to chuckle because it's that silliness. <laughs> I never really, um, I know I'd heard people talk about being responsible for their actions before, but I never really put it into context with my own life and with my own like practical application of it. You know, does that make sense? So maybe possibly some of you are going through the same thing. And I just wanted to open up that conversation and just open up the possibility for you that you can work on this if you want to and create better results for yourself with the anger that you do have. Okay. So it's not that we ever want to move out of anger if anger seems appropriate. There are many things about our situations of alienation that are appropriately angering. Like it's the appropriate emotion to have, I think. Like I want to choose anger sometimes. Um, I'm getting to the point now where actually I really try to first choose love because in compassion and understanding and curiosity before I choose anger. But there are times when I'm just like, no, I'm very clear on the fact that I want to be angry about this situation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's healthy for us to experience all of the emotions as you know, I, you, I'm sure you've heard me say before, if you've been listening for um, even one or two episodes. So the emotion is not a problem. It's not bad. I don't even think it's undesirable. I think it deserves context. And I think it depends on whether you're choosing it or not. And that's really, to me, the aha, like defining moment in my journey through all of this, right? Because with something like alienation or any other trauma that you might be carrying due to whatever's happened in your past, we're going to have, there's a lot of powerful emotion, intense, powerful emotion that we experience. The sooner that we learn to expect these intense emotions, the sooner we can accept them, not feeling the need to change them or shift them or hurry up and feel them and move out of them. I think there was an early episode that I talked about this. I feel like it was um, 
there was like three different topics and one of them was not processing away feelings or emotions. I forget how I worded that. But that might be a good one for you to go back and listen to as well um, if you haven't already. With anger especially, it's obviously one of the more intense feelings that we have. And we, by habit, by default, many of us, most of us, dare I say all of us at some point in our lives have felt at the effect of it. It can feel uncontrollable at times to experience anger. So recently, I've been having this resurgence of anger. I don't even know if it's a resurgence because what I think happened is I was in such a fog when I finally left the Byron guy, you know? Yeah, was in a fog and felt very vulnerable, weak, and just was ready, desperate to get out, right? And so I don't think I fully ever processed through the anger I had about specific things that had happened in the past. I'm going to get just a trigger warning here, you guys. I'm going to share some part of an experience of some physical abuse. So just know that um, I'm fine, totally fine, but I think it would maybe help some of you. I would probably regret not sharing, so I'm going to share. So back be way before I actually left him, like a year before I actually left him, and about a year after we got married, there had been many problems in the relationship. Never, I can't say never should have married him. Obviously, I should have. Here I am. Hopefully, my experience will help somebody else. But um, if I was to go back and do it again, that's one of the things that I wouldn't have done was marry this clown. Okay. But having said that, I did. And about a year later, he, that he was very unsupportive. We actually never lived in the same home. I lived in my house. He lived in his. That's besides the point right now. He broke my arm. He was drunk one night and uh, was sitting in a chair and, and got up and kicked me as I was walking away real hard in the, my arm. And so I share that with you. Um, in fact, I don't know if I've ever really shared that with anybody, like what actually happened. I don't think I've ever done that, but I had to have surgery twice to follow the break because there was a non-union, like the bone was completely, it was broke, you know, in half. And so it wasn't, anyway, it was a complicated break, a complicated situation overall and caused me a lot of like physical pain as a result. I'm still, um, I have tendonitis and arthritis now in the opposite hand because of over usage. I had a surgery because of it last year, another surgery, I had trigger finger. There's just been all these complications. You know, he's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Let's just say that, okay? And so I'm still feeling the repercussions of staying with him, of being with him because he was who he was. I never really had time to be angry about it or the, the safe place to be angry about it because I was walking on eggshells most of the time, you know, depending on where we were in that cycle of abuse, right? I was either walking on eggshells or it was a Christmas, you know, sort of time. You know how that goes. And so in the last like week or so, I've had another resurgence of this anger that I have for him and that I haven't fully processed through. I was thinking about it this weekend and years ago, I would have been slamming things around in my house and like impatient and angry with everybody around me and probably would have used my anger as an excuse to either go out or not to get my work done or to, you know, indulge in the anger. 
right? I would have been like, oh, I'm angry and I'm going to be angry and like luxuriate in it. It would have seeped into the rest of my interactions and maybe that would have its own effect, ripple effects um, for, you know, months or however long to come, right? Maybe I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have um, performed well at work or with a client or two, you know, you just never know. I would have thought it was out of my control. Like, I can't help it. I'm angry. He did that. How would you expect me to act? <laughs> and now I think about that. It was childish of me to behave that way, to use the anger. I mean, it, this happened, I think, with a lot of the emotions, but especially anger. I used it as my excuse, my hall pass, to fuck some shit up, <laughs> right? And so... I was thinking I had something else scheduled for this week. And I thought, I bet you this is something that could really help you, some of you, especially during the holiday season. Emotions can sometimes run high during this time. If you're still doing exchanges with the other parent or whoever's alienating your child from you, then, you know, this can be a time when shit goes down. The other parent doesn't return with your kiddo on time and screws up your holiday plans. Let's say you have the second half of Christmas or whatever's happening for Thanksgiving. And so next thing you know, um, you know, you're having to rebook flights or cancel the trip or reset, you know how that goes. And so anger is definitely a probability, right? And so I want you to be able to prepare for that and sort of like, Put on that this mindset and just maybe consider how you could prepare yourself for that situation with responses ahead of time. But I just want to offer you the idea that you can be angry and allow for the anger without indulging in it. It's possible. It's possible to recognize the anger, understand it, have compassion for yourself, for the anger, and then stop it there, right? It doesn't mean you have to cut the anger off and stop feeling the anger. But oftentimes what we'll do is like indulge in it and feed the anger with more evidence, thoughts about reasons why you should be angry, thus affecting you and your the quality of living in the moment even more, and then maybe even uh, affecting the responses you have in the situation and clouding your judgment. Okay. So you can just remind yourself in a moment of anger, like, okay, I mean, put it in your words, but the way I like to do it for me is like, I take a deep breath. Okay. I'm angry. I feel angry. And then I narrate it. Oh, that's what it is. Narrating equal airtime and not processing away feelings. That's the episode. Okay. So you can narrate it and just like, I'm feeling anger right now. I'm, I am angry. They are doing something that I don't like. And the story I'm telling myself is, you fill in the blank, but I'll just suppose right now for you, the story I'm telling myself is they don't respect my time. They don't respect my time with my kid. They don't respect my family's time with the kid, my kids, however it is. Then if this is the case, like let's say it's this, they're late back for, from and encroaching on your time. 
then what your brain is going to want to do is come up with all of the reasons you should be angry, maybe even reasons why you should show your family you're angry for them, right? Sort of advocating for them and you taking on their anger, right? It's like this weird people pleasing that we do. We want to show the people our loyalty by taking on and indulging in the emotion that we think that they're going to have. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, but in doing this, when even saying it out loud, it's ridiculous, right? Like you are actually internalizing what you think their emotion might be, therefore causing yourself more suffering at your own expense for them, but you're not even sure if they really are feeling that emotion or they want you to be feeling that emotion. Does that make sense? <laughs> we end up causing, it's basically you're causing yourself a whole bunch of unnecessary suffering. So instead, when your brain wants to start indulging and telling stories and reasons why and going circling the drain, right? You know, falling down the rabbit hole of anger. Instead, you can stop yourself there and like step in the driver's seat, envision yourself stepping in the driver's seat in your brain. I like to picture the committee of dummies in my brain, some of them, all the different personalities and emotions all sitting in a crowded bus up in my brain, right? And then me, higher thinking, coming and sitting in the front seat where it's supposed to, while all the crazies in the back are drinking and throwing stuff and paper airplanes and hitting each other. You know what I'm saying? Make it a bit funny. Cartoonize it a little bit. Is that even a word? But you know what I'm saying? And in doing that, I lighten my mood. I'm still, I'm not like, distracting myself completely from the problem because I'm actually just envisioning, imagining what it might be like in a cartoon world up in my brain when I'm dealing with the reality of the anger about whoever is doing me wrong in my mind. Okay. Um, again, I know I've made this reference before, but I think the movie, if you have not seen it yet, you must, must, must. It's the movie um, Inside Out, the best. It is such an accurate depiction in the child form of what happens with our emotions and our memories, just with our brain, right? In a very cartoonized, simplified way. And it's funny. And it provides, um, you know, just a sense of understanding, compassion, all of the things. Anyway, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If it's been a while, I suggest you go watch it again. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So anger does not have to overtake you. Anger does not have to cause you to go into a down spiral of other negative emotions. You can interrupt the model, so to speak, interrupt your thoughts and have a conversation with yourself about what you would, you would like to feel. Is anger appropriate in the situation? Do I want to feel anger here? If I do, why? And when you're answering the why, I want you to be coming from your higher thinking, not from this, the crazies in the back of the bus, okay? <laughs> we all have them. I'm not calling you crazy. But with like authority, a sense of authority and curiosity, compassion to ask yourself, okay, why do I want to be angry? Realistically, because when we feel anger, we are the only ones that feel it. They don't feel it. The person that nobody feels it. We do. They may witness us acting in anger. They may witness the manifestations of our emotion of anger, but nobody else is feeling it. 
They're just watching you. So when you realize that, that it's like the anger, that energy is going through your body. It's coursing through your veins. And so is it something that you want to hold on to? And if yes, ask yourself why and to what extent. How do I want to manage this? Do I want this to seep into other areas or do I want to just acknowledge that I'm angry about this and I'm going to be open to processing it when I'm ready? You know, like just allow it to be and not make it a big deal and have to go like bathe in it. (laughs) Warm, tepid bath of anger, not fun. So when you acknowledge it, confront it, that way, I think it takes much of the sting out of it so that you don't just keep on rolling because it will. It will sting and sting and you feel that, you know, that thing in your belly that happens when you get angry. It's like a mix between like anxiety and like, and so for me anyway, once I start to incorporate my PFC, my prefrontal cortex and start asking the right questions to myself with the right tone, things almost immediately sort of settle down in there for me. Most of the time. I mean, there are times where I'm like, I'm fucking angry. (laughs) And if that's the case, then I just allow for it. I just don't go act in anger. That's the thing. It's like, I would, if I were you, give yourself some time and do the breathing. See my cat back there? Longer exhales than inhales. And allow yourself to calm down before going and interacting with anybody else. I know that you know this, but it's always a great reminder. I know that you know this. Every, I mean, this is these days, this is common knowledge, but it's still, we often need this reminder, especially when we're right smack dab in the middle of anger. So um, we all need to be talked down from a ledge from time to time, myself included. Oh, yes, for sure. So yeah, to have a heart to heart with yourself. Ask yourself if you wanna, if you really truly want to indulge in anger or if you want to even to have uh, harbor anger. And if you do, then create some boundaries for yourself. And now when I say this, I also too want to touch on before I am done. Creating a boundary for yourself is one thing, like with for yourself, with yourself, right? About these emotions. Also, we tend to, many of us, use compartmentalizing as a coping mechanism, right? We want to tuck it away and pretend it's not there. Just put it, we're just going to put it to the side. And what ends up happening is kind of what ha- what's been happening with me with this like resurgence of anger. Because I did tuck it away ba- way back when, I have not really been able to readily access that anger in order to process it. So now I have to sort of acknowledge it when it comes up on its terms. Because there's other stuff, I think about it like that there's other stuff sort of packed on top of that. And so in order to access it, certain things, little reminders have to come up, you know, different things can sort of help it to poke out, but it's just not as an efficient, effective route to go. You don't always have to process through it all at once as soon as you feel it, but just acknowledging it and creating the space for it and not shoving it down, right? There is a, there's a, like a mental construct that you can create for yourself when old anger starts to resurface, okay? And so like, if it's not the um, appropriate time, like if you're at work or if you're driving or if you're in a conversation with somebody that 
it doesn't apply to or whatever is the case, right? It's just not exactly the time. You can create a space for it. You can hold space for your own emotion so that like now I can feel anger and I can still go to the grocery store and behave nicely to the people that I interact with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not like to everybody, right? Or I don't have the scowl on my face because I'm able to create and hold space for that anger mentally on the inside, sort of organize it in such a way because I acknowledge it. If I don't acknowledge it and I'm trying to shove it out the way or rush out of it, then what's going to happen is it'll start to, to rear its head uh, at times that aren't so convenient for you, right? And you're, it's going to be less predictable. But when you take control over it, right, when you have authority over it, then it does not behave that way, okay? So hopefully that helps you in the case when you have some anger going on. It is entirely normal, obviously, in our situation to feel this anger that you might be feeling, okay? And to just remind yourself that there's an effective way to manage it and then a not so effective way, right? You can bathe and bask in it, <laughs> luxuriate in it. And when we are indulging in it in that way, um, we end up creating so much more of it. It's like it starts to just like feed itself. And that too, the other downfall to, besides the repercussions that might happen in the way that you behave and stuffing it down and not being able to access it is that it's exhausting. Trying to hold that, keep it at bay and not deal with it, not acknowledge it, not hold space for yourself is truly exhausting. And I know that you know that because we've all done that before where we are feeding it and not managing it well. It's like an emotional hangover. You know what I'm talking about? So it doesn't have to be that way. You can go get your hair done and feel a bunch of anger all at the same time. Okay. That is entirely possible. Another one that I'm going to be doing um, very shortly too is when they want to commiserate. Okay. So I think that'll be a good one for the holidays because we get around, you know, family members and they want to talk about it. And it's just, we never end up leaving the situation uh, feeling very good. Yeah, I'll talk about that then. But I think that's either next week or the week after. Kind of relates to this one. So anyway, I will see you next week. Y'all take care. I'm going to go deal with this whole car thing now. Butts getting in the car and driving to Orlando. And I got to get back for a member meeting tonight at... 5.30 or 6.30. So I'm off to the races, y'all. Take care. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm honored that you chose to share your time with me. If you like what you've been hearing and you want more, come join me in the new monthly membership where we take the concepts that you hear about here and using a logical framework, you learn to apply them to your specific situations, upgrading your thoughts and your life even while experiencing the grief of alienation. For more information, go to beyondthehighroad.com. See you soon.